All right, thank you, Joe. All right. Well, Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that as we approach your word, we understand that your power resides upon your word. And as your word goes forth and people believe it and receive it, it brings good things into their lives. And so we're grateful for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Open your Bibles with me to Romans, the 10th chapter. And then you can open to Luke, the 5th chapter also. Romans 10 and Luke, the 5th chapter. Uh, We're going to be teaching along the lines of healing today. You know, Jesus is still in the healing business. Uh, Romans 10.17 gives us a key, actually the key to receiving healing from the Lord. It says this, faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is so important to receiving from God. You cannot receive anything from God apart from faith. Now you say, what is faith? You know, we could teach long sermons on what faith is, but it's, it's very simple. Faith is the same thing as believing. Faith and believing, exactly the same. And the only thing I need to add to that is this, is that faith, Bible faith, is believing from your heart, not from your head. Faith, Bible faith, is equal to believing, but it's believing from your heart. Being sold out to something. Believing from your heart, not just mental acceptance. Uh, You receive salvation from God through faith, don't you? Is, Is that right? Through faith? You receive salvation from God by faith. You can't get saved. You can't miss hell and make heaven apart from faith. So when the gospel, the good news is taught concerning the death, burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, when you hear that, to receive that, to take hold of that, you have to believe it. You have to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. But where do you have to believe that? You have to believe that where? In your, in your heart. You have to sell out to it. I've had so many people over the many years of doing this that have that have listened to a message, you know, on salvation and, and missing hell and making heaven and, and all of that. And, and I've watched them walk the aisle and pray a prayer and they said they believed, but yet there's never any change in their life. Well, they didn't receive salvation because they didn't get into Bible faith. They didn't believe from their heart. They just mentally accepted that Jesus is the Lord. You see what I'm saying? You can't, you can't get saved just accepting Jesus mentally. That's why you see people pray what's known as a sinner's prayer oft times, and yet you never see their life change. It's because they've, they've grabbed a hold of Jesus mentally, but they never sold out to him from their heart. Do you understand that? Same thing's true with healing. Anything you receive from God, you do through faith. And, and when you hear the message on the word of God about healing, 
to receive that healing power from the Lord, you're going to have to believe it where? In your heart. To receive, to believe it's the same thing. That's how you take hold of things spiritually, by believing them. Do you understand that? See, in the natural, if he's holding this Bible and he, he, and he hands it to me, how do I take hold? I reach out and I grab a hold of it. See, that's how you take hold of something in the natural. How do you take hold of something in the, in the spirit realm? By believing it. Real loud, say, say by believing it. Believing. Yeah, by believing it. Where at? In your head or in your heart? In your heart. Sell out to it. So then when the word of God is taught, faith is a possibility, isn't it? Faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now remember when the word of God's taught, somebody else comes. Doesn't, didn't Jesus say that Satan comes immediately to what? To steal the word. And, and if you really study out what Jesus said about that, is that, that, that Satan is only able to steal the word of God from people who are not going to give their full attention to it and believe it with all their heart. If you'll give full attention to the word of God and believe it with all your heart, then the devil can't steal it from you. But if you're not going to give full attention to it, if other things are more important to you than the word of God, then the devil can steal that word before you get not only out to the parking lot, but before you get to the back door to leave today. Did you hear what I just said? Do you understand that? Because immediately is immediately, right? So faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the... Word of God, not me telling a funny story, not me trying to entertain you, but by teaching what? The Word of God. Nothing wrong with an occasional funny story, nothing wrong with that, but, but around here, I'm not going to tell you a bunch of funny stories. I could, but I've chosen not to because there's something more important than that. What is it? It's the teaching of the Word of God. Is that right? A lot of places you can go to be entertained, but when you come to church, you ought to be taught the what? The Word of God. Now notice something in Luke, the fifth chapter, because when we think about Jesus and the healing ministry of Jesus, I don't know about you, but over the many years, I just saw the people coming out by the multitudes and he, you know, was laying hands on them and, and or whatever the case was, and they're getting healed. And, and certainly that occurred, but, but, you know, we miss something if we don't read the word of God, really, really look at what the word of God is saying. Look at Luke, Luke 515, Luke 515. Now look at this. Luke 5.15 says this. Now, do you, do you have that verse? It says, do you have it? It says, however, the report went around concerning Jesus, concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to what? To, what was that? To what? To what? To, to hear and to what? Be healed. See, we overlooked that part to hear. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, a lot of times the way this comes across to people is that, well, you know, the multitudes that needed healing, they came out to be healed. They came out to be healed. But they, they didn't come out first to be healed. They came out first to what? To, to hear. And then to be healed by Jesus of their infirmities. Now, I have run into oodles and gobs. You know what I mean when I say oodles and gobs? oodles and gobs of people that they want to be healed all right, but they really don't want to hear the word of God. And you know what? The best I've ever been able to do with those kind of folk is get them. Now, I can't heal anybody. Say amen. 
but, but Jesus is the healer. But we, you get the healing power across to somebody and you can get them healed. I've got, because I've done it with the power of God. We've gotten people that have just come to be healed. They didn't come to hear. They didn't want to hear really what I had to say. They, they, they came to be healed and some of them, not all of them, some of them we've been able to get them in faith just long enough by just them sitting and listening to a, you know, because they didn't come to hear, they just, just zap me, pastor, just zap me with the healing power so I can uh, be healed and go on and watch my soap operas. How many of you know God isn't going to heal you so you can watch soap operas? Is that right? They come, I've already had them come, so you know, well, you know, uh, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Just quick, just skip them, just skip everything, skip the worship, skip the teaching, just lay hands on me, let me get healed so I can go on with my, with my worldly lifestyle. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? Can you say amen? It just doesn't. But some of them we've been able, just, you know, because they sit there, they didn't come to hear, they came to be healed, but they sit there and I make them listen. <laughs> And we're able to get them healed, but they don't keep it very long. Did you hear what I just said? See, if you want to walk in the healing power of God, if you want to receive healing from the Lord and keep it, you need to make a decision that you're going to hear what the Bible has to say about healing and be attentive to that. Put that first place in your life like these people did. They came out to what? Real loud say to hear. They came to hear and then to be healed. Now you say, well, that's just one instance. Well, go to Luke, the sixth chapter. Let's go on over to another, another instance here. Luke 6, verse 17. Luke 6, verse 17 says, He, Jesus, came down with them and stood on the level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came... Now, what did they come to do? To, to what? To, to hear him and then to what? Be healed of their diseases. What has to take place before the healing? There has to be the what? The hearing. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Jesus, they came out to hear. Jesus is teaching them the word of God. And once, once he taught them the word of God, faith was generated within them. They believed in their hearts, no doubt. And then he was able to heal them. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful, isn't it? And then verse nine, uh, verse 18 says, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Isn't that wonderful? But what did they first come to do? To be healed or to hear? They came to hear. It's interesting as you study the, 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 the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the majority of the time when Jesus ministered healing to people, their faith was the determining factor. Their faith was the determining factor. But, but, but pastor, wait a minute. That's Jesus. He just, he just he, he, heal anybody. Just heal anybody. No, no, listen. The majority of the time, the persons that, that was sick, their faith was the determining factor as to whether or not they got healed or not with Jesus himself standing there with all that healing power available. The majority of the time when Jesus ministered healing to people, their faith was a determining factor. Well, how could they have faith unless they first what? They first heard something, right? They heard something. 
You know, there were places that Jesus went that the, the people where he went did not believe on him. They didn't have faith. They didn't believe on him. And the Bible says that he could not, didn't say he would not, said he could do no mighty work there. He went into his own hometown. And, and the Bible says that he tried to get some people healed, but he couldn't get them healed. I'm talking about our Lord and our Savior, the second member of the Trinity, God Almighty come in the flesh, Jesus standing there anointed with the Spirit of God, and he couldn't get people healed in his hometown, except he tried to, but he couldn't, the Bible said. And he said, the Bible said the reason he couldn't was because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. Except that the Bible says he laid hands on a few with minor ailments, and he was able to get them healed. Isn't that something? Jesus himself, a whole lot of people he couldn't get healed. Now, it wasn't because he wasn't willing. It was because they did not what? Been believe. So what I want to do with the rest of this message here today is just take a few minutes and talk about God's will. Talk about God's will. And did you know that it's God's will to heal people? Did you know that it is? And and this is a good statement, and you ought to write it down if you're taking notes. Faith begins. How many of you know you need to have faith to receive from God? Have we made that clear today? But here's the thing. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's not original with me. A good minister many years ago said that. He was really, it's really just a a restatement of of Romans 10, 17 that says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But I'll say it this other way, the way this minister said it, faith begins where the what? Where the will of God is known. Real loud say this, say faith begins where the will of God is known. One more time, faith begins... Where the will of God is known. Do you understand that? So you need to know that it's God's will to heal. Now just before we get into these reasons that I'll show you that it's God's will to heal. Is this. You need to realize that I believe in good hospitals, doctors and medicines. I believe in good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. I believe that good hospitals, good doctors, and medicines have been given by God for us to take advantage of. Can anybody say amen to that? So take advantage of those things. I believe in those things. I believe good hospitals, doctors, medicines are there at the hand of God for us to take advantage of. I do think, and I've said this for years, I do believe we ought to have more faith in the Lord than we do in the doctor. Because, because, well, because God is God, we ought to have more confidence in him than we do in a man or a woman. Is that right? But you also need to understand this, that doctors can only heal you of some things. Right? But are there some things the doctors can't help you with? Surely there are. But is God able to heal anything? Oh, yeah, he is. So we make a mistake, I believe, when... When sickness hits our body, we make a mistake when we think about the doctor first. We ought to think about who first? God and his power. And then take advantage of a doctor if you need to. Certainly, certainly. Not against that at all. But just here, because faith begins where the will of God is known. Say it again. Say, faith begins where the will of God is known. 
I'm going to give you 20 Bible reasons. We'll go through them very quickly. 20 Bible reasons. Just go through them very quickly. Won't take long. We could take hours on it, but just 20 Bible reasons to believe that it's God's will to heal everybody. Now, I could have come up with more, but 20 will do. 20 reasons to believe it's God's will to heal. First of all, God's word is medicine. God's word is medicine. Uh, the, the, the word of God is clear. You see it. He sent his word and what? And healed them. So God's word is medicine. Number two, the original creation. When God put Adam and Eve, you know, put man and, and his wife there in the garden, you know, you can't find sickness or disease anywhere in the original creation. And that garden of Eden was God's will for man. And in that garden, you find no sickness, no disease originally. Number three, another reason to believe that it's God's will to heal is Jesus in his prayer, one of his prayers, he said that he wanted the will of God to be done on earth as it was in heaven. Now you search heaven through in the word of God, you search it through, you can't find sickness and disease up there. And it was Jesus who prayed and said that he wanted God's will to be done on earth as it is where? In heaven, no sickness in heaven. So it's not the will of God for sickness to be here on the earth. Three reasons. Number four, the origin of sickness. How did sickness enter in? One good minister said it this way. Sickness and disease are the foul offspring of their father, Satan, and their mother, sin. Sickness and disease are the foul offspring of their father, Satan, and their mother, sin. You do not see sickness and disease in God's original creation until after Adam and Eve sinned. And the devil tempted them, you know, and the woman was deceived, the man was not. Much we could say about that. But be that as it may, we don't see sickness and disease in God's original creation. We don't see it enter in until after man sinned. You need to understand reason number five. Sickness is a work of the devil. Sickness is a work of the devil. Remember when Jesus saw that woman who was bent over? Remember that? And she'd been bent over for all those years, for 18 years. And notice, remember what Jesus said? He said, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound. Real loud, say Satan bounder. Yeah, Satan bounder. Remember that? How many remembers that? If you don't believe me, go to Luke 13, 16. They'll have it on the screen in just moments of time. Luke 13 and 16. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, who bound the woman? Who did it? Satan bound her. Think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. What did Jesus just call this sickness and disease? He called it a bondage, didn't he? So you see, sickness is a work of the devil. It's not the will of God for you to be sick. Sickness is a work of the devil. Jesus said said it himself. He said, Satan bound the person, not God. Number six, God's name is healing. Real loud, say, God's name is healing. Yeah, his name, Jehovah Rapha. Remember one of the compound names of God. It means the Lord, our healer. 
A person's name lets you know what they do. A carpenter, what does he do? Build houses. A mailman, what? Delivers mail. Is that right? So the Lord, our healer, what would that tell us about God? He's a what? Well, that's not rocket science there, is it? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. His name is healing. He's got many other names, but one of his names is healing. You know, one God, but he's got a lot of names. Why? Because he does a lot of good things and he does all things well. Amen? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Number seven, the Bible says God blesses our bread and water and removes sickness from our midst. That's something good to pray over your food uh, when you pray. Uh, uh, God blesses our bread and water and removes sickness from our midst. See, God's not interested in putting sickness and disease on you. He's interested in removing it from you. You have to understand that. Number eight, the eighth reason to believe that it's God's will to heal is the fatherhood of God. The fatherhood of God. God is a good heavenly father. James, over in the book of James, said that good gifts come down from God. And and, and healing is good. Sickness is bad. Would you agree with me that sickness is bad? I don't know anybody in their right mind that would go out looking to get sick or have sickness put on them. Why? Because it's bad. It's not good. I've been sick different times in my life and there's not one time that I was ever sick that, I, that I'd want to go back and relive that. How about you? Because it's bad. It's not good. And God is, he's, he's a good God and, and, and he's a father. And I don't know any good father that would put sickness and disease on their children. I can't imagine for one minute here, Bill, who's a good father, he's a good dad, if you had cancer in a bottle, would you feed it to your daughter there? Absolutely not. And you'd fight anybody that would try to do that. Is that correct? Why? Because he's a good father. Yet people will go around and they'll say, God put sickness and disease on so-and-so. God put sickness and disease on so-and-so. What do you think, what would you think of me if Cassie was ill this morning, if I said, yeah, Bill put that on her? What would you, what would you do? First of all, Cassie would probably want to hit me because she knows her daddy wouldn't do that to her. And then I'd have you lining up to want to get me. Is that right? Is that correct? But yet people say that about God all the time. Well, God put that sickness and disease. That's a slap right in the face of God. I said, that's a slap right in the face of God. Ignorant people, unlearned people who don't know what they're talking about. Well, God just put that on them so he'll get glory out of it. God doesn't put sickness and disease on people to get glory out of it. Now, when does God get glory? When he heals that person of what the devil hit him with. Amen? God's not out putting sickness and disease on people. When you say that, you just slap God right in the face. It's an insult to him. He's a good God and he gives good gifts to his children. Speaking of that, number nine, reason number nine to believe it's God's will to heal is healing is the children's bread. Didn't Jesus say that? Healing is the children's bread. And the Bible says we're all children of God through what? Through faith in Christ Jesus. So if you're here today and you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Bible faith, believing in your heart on him, then you're a child of God and healing belongs to you. It's the children's bread. Number 10, Sickness is part of the curse of the law. Sickness is part of the curse of the law. 
Under the curse of the law, you see sickness and disease. But there's good news. Jesus came and redeemed us from the curse of the law. Real loud say, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. That word redeemed, he just set us free. He set us free from the curse of the law. Jesus set us free from the curse of the law. Sickness and disease is under the curse of the law. Jesus came and set us free from the curse of the law. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God forevermore. And then number 11, look at, the, at Christ's redemptive work. Healing in Christ's redemptive work. Look at Isaiah 53, 5. It'll be on the screen in just moments of time. But turn in your Bibles, look at it, Isaiah 53, 5. Did you know once in a while that screen has made a mistake? Didn't it make a mistake one day? Didn't it make a mistake one day? So you ought to have a Bible. You ought to be turning in your Bible. Say amen. Come on now. Bring your Bibles to church, turn in the Bible. If you don't have one, we'll give you one, but turn in the, we're a church, I believe in turning in the Bible, amen? Listen to me. Healing is in Christ's redemptive work. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed, we are healed. And then Peter quoted that. You say, oh, yeah, that was in the Old Testament. Yeah, but Peter quoted it over in, in one of the books that he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He, he quoted this. So, you, so we have it. It's New Testament based. Amen. He was wounded for our what? Our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. That has to do with our spirit man. That has to do with sin and iniquity. Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. That has to do with the spiritual side of things. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That has to do with the, with the, with the mind, the mental, mental anguish, you see. And then, and then by his stripes we are what? We are healed. See what Jesus did at Calvary is not only did he bear our sins... Thank God for that. But he also bore all mental anguish. And then on that same cross at the same time that he bore our sins and iniquities, that he bore mental anguish of depression and oppression, then he also bore in his body every sickness and every disease. All at the same time. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody said one time, they said, well, if you had to choose between getting saved and getting healed, which would you choose? Well, sure, if you had to choose, if you had to choose between getting saved and missing hell or getting healed, you'd want to choose salvation. Is that right? But you know, God is a good God and you don't have to choose. You get them both. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. You don't have to choose. He's a good God. You can have them both. You can be saved and you can be healed. Isn't that wonderful? The medical world, as I understand it, said that there are 39 major classifications of sickness and disease. They took every sickness and disease and classified each one. There's 39 of them. Do you know how many stripes Jesus bore? You mean you know how many times they whipped his back? How many does anybody know? Forty minus one. What is that? He took one stripe for every category of sickness and disease. He bore it for us. So if Jesus bore sickness and disease for us, it can't be, 
it just can't be the will of God for us to bear it. Is that right? And then number 12, you have the ministry of Jesus as he walked the face of the earth in his ministry. Jesus' life and ministry is a direct revelation of the will of the heavenly father for all men for all time. Jesus said himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Is that right? And notice what Jesus did, Acts 10.38. It'll be on the screen in just moments of time. Acts 10.38. We'll see what Jesus' ministry, what it it was. Acts 10.38. And notice this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing what? He went about doing what? He went about doing good and what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Right in that one verse, you really have everything you need to know about about healing right there. God, the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You understand that? Jesus is God, but here in the earth he didn't operate as God, though he was God. He didn't operate as God. He operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. If he was operating as God, he wouldn't have needed the anointing, but he needed the anointing. Amen. He didn't heal anybody until after he was water baptized, you know, and the the Spirit of God came on him. Then he began healing people, you see, because God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with what? With power. And he went about doing what? Doing what? Doing good doing what doing good and what and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him what's the will of God it's seen right there Jesus went about about with the father's anointing the anointing of the spirit doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil that also tells us the devil's the bad guy and God's the good one is that right praise God forevermore and remember when that leper said to Jesus, said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What did Jesus say just that quick? He said, did he say I'll have to think about it? He said, I am willing, be thou clean. Isn't that wonderful? Number 13, you see healing in the book of Acts. What does that mean? Healing continued through the church and in the church even after Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father on high in heaven. You see healing continuing through the church. You see it again and again in the book of Acts. And then we always have some quote-unquote educated scholar And they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, healing continued, but when the last apostle died, all of it passed away. Now, you know, where do you find that? You don't find that in the Bible. You don't see that in the Bible. People ignorant, unlearned of the word of God and the power of God who know not God nor the power of God because their experience, see, I've told you for years, here's the word of God, here's people's experience. And when people's experience does, they, doesn't match the word of God, what do they do? What's it easier to do? Is it easier to, to, to bring your experience up to match the word of God or is it easier to explain everything away and bring the word of God down on your level? It's easier to do that, isn't it? And that's what has happened in most seminaries and a lot of churches and Bible teaching places throughout the United States and, and, and elsewhere is, is that somebody's experience doesn't line up with the word of God. So what they do is they have to explain everything away 
to get the word of God to match their experience. No, the word of God is healing. And if our experience doesn't match it, God hasn't missed it. We've missed it somewhere. We need to bring our experience up to match the word of God. Can you say amen? You can't find, I'll give you, I'll give you $50,000 if you can show me in this book that the healing power of God has passed away. That always makes my wife nervous when I say that. She's not in here. She's working in the children's church. Somebody else ought to be doing that. She shouldn't have to be doing that. But that's just a side note. Amen. But she does it. Now then, now then, now then, healing has continued. And it's gone right on after the apostles died. You check the the, the centuries right after the last apostle John died. You can find in those centuries right after he died, you know, there's documented healings where people are still getting healed by the power of God. All the way through, even down to the present hour, even down in the last many years right here at this church, we have seen this is not just something that we talk about. This is something we believe. This is something that we have seen. This is something that we have experienced. And we have seen by the power of God, not by me, but by the power of God, we have literally seen over the many years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed by the power of God. One lady told me just the other day, I didn't even know that she was healed. She was healed of lockjaw. Where, Janie, are you here? Where are you at? Where's Janie? Is she here? She's out there working. We were in a class over there, and she said, she, is she out there? Where, somebody go get her real quick. Go get Janie real quick. Come on, Dale, go get her real quick. Go get her real fast. Where is she at? Come here. Turn her, everybody turn around and look at her real quick. <laughs> turn around. Come on. Come on, come on, come here, come here. You just stay right there, it's fine, you're fine. Tell everybody, what were you healed of? The lock, something with your jaw. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? He's in the healing business, isn't he? Cat, cat, praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Now there's just one. One guy got healed of fibromyalgia. One guy got healed of bladder cancer. We, we, I can't heal anybody. Tell him real quick. Just stand up, cat. Stand up. I've told it. You tell it. That day you came up to get those prayer claws. Tell it real loud. Isn't that, isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't, you know, and the anointing could be stored in cloth. And that one day we just prayed over some cloths, handkerchiefs, laid them up there. She came up to get something for her husband. Power of God ran up her arm and healed her. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And we could go on and on about that, but the most outstanding one, the one Wednesday night, I, I had finished my message. I was standing right here. I was ready to close the service. Power of God came on me. I danced a little jig. That'll make visitors nervous, but you know what? 
I love visitors. I'm glad you're here. Praise God. But you know what I've learned? You may or may not be back next week. Hope you do come back. But I know this. Every time I pull on, I've had visitors tell me, oh, we'll be back. We'll be. But you know, every time, I haven't seen them, but every time I pull on that lot, Holy Ghost shows up to meet me. Amen. So who do I want to please? A visitor or the Holy Ghost? And so, see, if you're visiting today, I want you to feel welcome, but I don't want you to feel comfortable until you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Amen. Praise God. But I did a little jig. I ran around the middle section, came back up here to the front, felt like a total, complete idiot fool. Went home, asked my wife, said, uh, did I look like an idiot and a fool? She still hasn't answered me. (laughs) The next day, the call comes in. My assistant took the call and said, when when Pastor Terry, and I can't heal anybody, but you yield to the power of God. It's the power of God that heals people. When I, when I ran past the back back there, she said like heat jumped off on me. Her belly, and I didn't know this, her belly had been blown up like a basketball. She hadn't eaten for days. She said the power of God, she, she didn't, she said heat. She didn't call it the power of God. She said like heat jumped off, like heat jumped, fire jumped off on me. And she said, my belly went down. And she said, I was able to, it deflated, she was able to go out, eat a meal after that. Can you say amen? Amen. I said, say Jesus Jesus. is still in the healing business. And the church has been given authority over sickness and disease. And Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Healing, number 15, healing is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's another reason to believe it's God's will to heal. Number 16, we're the body of Christ. If we're born again, we know Jesus. We're the body of Christ. Would Jesus want sickness in his body? How many of you would find it unbelievable to find out that when Jesus walked the earth, there was sickness in his body? There wasn't sickness in his body. And it's just as outlandish for us to have sickness in our body because uh, we are uh, members of the body of Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God forevermore. So we're members of the body of Christ. God doesn't want sickness in, in, in the body of Christ. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost. You see, in the Old Testament, sickness defiled the temple. So you see, if you've got sickness in your body, it's defiling you. Now, here's something you need to understand. If you're sick, Jesus loves the sick people, but he hates the sickness. Same thing is true. How many of you know sinners? God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. He hates the sickness, but he loves those who are sick. If you're here today and you're sick, we're not putting you down. We're not, uh, I've been sick before, my goodness gracious. But I tell you what, we love you, Jesus loves you. But we need to drive that sickness out of your body, amen? The Bible says in the Old Testament that priests, it was not the will of God for them to have sickness in their body. And we in the New Testament, the Bible says we've been made kings and priests. So it's not the will of God for us to have sickness in our body. We're the bride of Christ if we're children of God. Would Jesus want a sick bride? Absolutely not. And finally, and I could give more, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And tomorrow and forever. Say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What did that, Acts 10.38, let's look at that, we'll close and we'll pray for some people. If you need healing, we'll pray for you. Acts 10.38, now let's see, what did he do? He was anointed by the Spirit, 
He went up with power. He went about doing what? Good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Well, was that something that happened in the days of yesteryear? Yes or no? Yes. That happened in the days of yesteryear. But if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's good when? Right now, and it'll be good when? Tomorrow, the next day, and forever. Is that right? Jesus is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. Say, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, that's why I can offer somebody $50,000 if they can prove it's passed away because that scripture shoots them down right there. He was healing yesterday. He's healing today. He'll be healing tomorrow. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Stand with me if you would. I just preach this for a few moments to build faith within you. Amen. Um, I won't need any assistance today. Thank you. Um, First of all, listen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know Him as your Savior, that's the most important thing. Now, you can have salvation and healing, as we said, but first things first. I would hate for you to have come here today, listen to the Word of God, and leave here lost and undone, die and go to hell. That'd be be tragic.